0: Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast, my name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who, he's really been practicing on his golf game, hopefully we finally get to go, we haven't been able to recently, but hopefully maybe this Friday,
1: we'll see, his name is Brandon Siegel. Uh, All of that is true, you know what, this is my favorite intro you've done, this is my favorite one, I have been practicing hard on my golf, I'm not where I want to be yet, but as my uh my grandfather says one of my favorite quotes you got to go out and just smell the roses just have some fun uh and i have been having fun and we will go soon trevor and hopefully ben can join us uh soon too we will have to you know get that together but speaking of ben of course we got to welcome uh my personal least favorite contributor but everyone else's favorite contributor to the podcast ben o'brien ben uh we'll have to set up that that, uh that golf tee time
2: soon oh brandon i promise you if we go golfing you're gonna complain the whole time because I will be embarrassing you on the golf course. Embarrassing you on the golf course. I can promise you that. <laughs> I,
1: I feel like that's unlikely, but um, it, it's possible. It's possible. Uh, and perhaps in uh, a fantasy world of yours, uh, not in reality, but it is possible. And Ben. Um, but I wanted to, oh, ben, I wanted to bring ben, this up. Um, and this isn't related
0: to oh, golf. Yeah. But I I know that last week we did a randomly ranked that you were a little upset that you oh, weren't part of. Oh, so, don't even get me. Understandably so. Understandably so. But if you wanted to, I could give you the floor. You could give your rankings. You could rant about how you're mad at Brandon or you know whatever you please <laughs> to do. Here's the thing. Here's the
2: thing. This is what I was thinking. I I was against Marvel for so long. I refused to watch it for so long. That's true. And then all of a sudden, I have nothing to do for multiple months because I'm in quarantine, and I'm like, you know what? I'll give, it a li- I'll give it a watch. So I decided to watch every Marvel movie, and it was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my entire life. Fantastic movie series. I, I won't give you my rankings just because like, I- I'd probably have to think about it because there's so many good characters. Black Widow is probably my favorite just because I think she's the glue of the whole uh, kind of cast to me. Mm. I really, I, she, she really tape. strikes me as kind of the glue of, of all the characters. Um, but I was so upset. Honestly, I didn't even tell you guys, but I, I skipped that part of the podcast when I listened to it. I, ha- I still haven't listened to it, so I don't, I don't even know what your guys' <laughs> takes are. Um, I'll probably go back and listen to it probably later today, but out of spite, I refuse to listen to that section of the podcast.
1: We thought you'd be a little bit upset. Well, maybe next pod, Ben, we're going to give you the floor and you give your rankings. I feel like that's only right. Uh, we'll, we'll give you the floor and give you your rankings. It, it was a fun segment for sure. I, actually, a big shout-out to Jaden because he was a great guest. I very yeah, much enjoyed Yeah, Jaden killed him it. Yeah, he was great. Loved having him on. Um, but we were talking about at one point in time. Is there like a bad take? Like I feel like there's not really a bad superhero take. Like who's your favorite? Because like Ben said Black Widow, which I feel like most people wouldn't say, but his like reasoning was very sound and like made sense. I feel I genuinely feel like there's there's not a bad answer, um, at who's like your favorite. But you know we'll go more into that another time. Ben get prepared next week, uh, after the intro you're giving your top three, right. maybe some honorable mentions in there. Trevor we got a fun episode today, so let's get right into it. Um, starting off with Kyrie Irving, um, who announced he created a uh, $1.5 million fund for WNBA players who opt out of the 2020 season. Now, I feel like collectively on this podcast, we are not huge Kyrie Irving fans on the court. However, off the court, he has done more than wonderful things, um, completely selfless acts um, that I, I not only do I applaud, I look up to. Um, I mean, this, just this one act, which there's so many things Kyrie Irving has done. This is not the only thing, and I don't want to diminish... Uh, The stuff he's done off the court, but this is truly an amazing um, idea that he has, Um, and I I think the execution will be really, really great um, and very beneficial for the WNBA players. Uh, Trevor, what what are your thoughts on uh, the fun that Kyrie Irving has created?
0: Yeah, really. I just wanted to point this out because you know this is a great thing that Kyrie's doing, and he's really been um, at the forefront in a lot of you know issues Mm -hmm. with social justice. And in addition to you know helping out with the WNBA here now obviously he, he has committed uh, $1.5 million into a fund to help pay some of these WNB players who have opted out, who obviously aren't getting their paycheck because of that. Um, and I think that's a great thing, but I also don't think that Kyrie Irving should have to um, suffer the burden, or not a burden, it's but like, he shouldn't be the one that has to stick his neck out there and, and help these players. I think the WNBA, and, and really I think like the NBA should be helping out more. Owners and executives should be putting in more efforts, and maybe some of them are that I don't really know about as much, but... I think they need to be putting in more efforts to help out some of these players as well because I think you've gotta have some kind of solution. When you have someone like an Elena Deladon who, you know, she she was left with two choices. She said, you know, she could either risk her life or forfeit her paycheck. I believe she does have some form of Lyme disease that she you know uh deals with so really she talked to one of her team doctors who really recommended that she should not play and it seems like that absolutely was the right decision for her um but really had to now go without her paycheck so I think it's good Kyrie's doing this but again he shouldn't be the one that necessarily has to do this it should be I think others um maybe chipping in and helping out along with maybe Kyrie I think at least instead of him doing it mostly himself
1: yeah, I agree. Uh, you make a great point about how uh, really this should just kind of be a thing that the WNBA does, or you know, a bigger cause than just Kyrie Irving. But really, so much credit to Kyrie Irving for you know doing, producing such a great uh, effort to help WNBA players like Elena Delle uh, Ben, any thoughts on Kyrie Irving before we move to the next topic?
2: Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I know, I know you talked about how as a player we don't love him, but as a person, Kyrie's an awesome dude. He really is. People seem to great people guy. really seem to enjoy his company. Um, he's got a lot of money. I'm all for people that have the abilities to help out people that need it. Um, I mean, there's, there's really nothing to complain about. It's really cool. Um, more people should should be willing to do something like this. It's awesome. Good for him.
1: 100%. So let's kind of move on. Uh, we have the MLB we talked a lot about last week. Um, a good amount has happened in the MLB. We've had a lot of uh, coronavirus-related instances uh, in the MLB. Uh, maybe Ben and Trevor can go a little bit more in-depth. Uh, That I might, in case I missed something, I know we had the Marlins had 18 players positive, um, which is a very large amount. Uh, Pretty much every other sport has not had that money on a team or even really close to it. Um, Obviously, the MLB is not in a bubble. It would be almost impossible to put the MLB in a bubble, um, or at least to some extent, maybe they could do it, but to the extent the NBA is doing it, it's probably pretty close to impossible. Um, we, we see the St. Louis Cardinals. Ben, can you explain a little more about the Cardinals? I honestly don't even know that much about it.
2: Um, I, I don't know a whole lot about it. I know I saw there's at least two or three players that, um, that tested positive. I think there's a coach in there too. And I, know, mm-hmm. I don't know how long their games are suspended for. I'm guessing it's a week, but I'm, I'm, I don't know too much about it other than they have had multiple tests positive.
1: Yeah, and uh, we just saw that Manford said that they will be moving forward. Uh, with you know the, the MLB, they will not be putting it on pause despite uh, some of these little blips and uh, issues. Uh, so, Trevor, some of your thoughts on the MLB? Um, obviously, a little bit on the dysfunctional side. Uh, Ron Manford, not known for being, uh, you know, the quite as good as like an Adam Silver. Uh, but what are your some of your thoughts here?
0: Yeah. So really, I mean, first of all, as as you kind of mentioned, the Marlins is the the biggest you know story we kind of learned about. Um, about a week mm-hmm. ago or so, when they have it looks like about 18 players um, who have tested positive in recent days, which which now they now um, some of their games ha- are not able to be played. There's at least two or three games that they were not able to play, and it seems like the reason for that maybe at, at least part of the reason that some of these players are testing positive is because some of them did violate some of the protocol. Um, some of the players went to, like, crowded restaurants and bars. It looks like at least a few of them that, that may have kind of caused this outbreak. So violating pro- protocol, never good. You know, we got to be smart. We got to – you know, I know it's difficult. Obviously, this is not normal. But y- you really just got to, you know, adhere to the protocol that is set out by the mm-hmm. MLB. So that's, that's number one. I think number two is it seems like what we're seeing – is that these bubbles um, with the NBA, the MLS, we've seen it. Um, Obviously, the NBA has been pretty successful. Even the TBT that we had, their little tournament, where they were very successful with the bubble format. It seems like that the bubbles have been working for the most part. And I know, obviously, the MLB, more players. um, Obviously, they're just pretty much starting their season, so it's it's harder to condense the teams. You can't just say, well, some of the teams are out of it because the season just started. But... I think, you know, they, they really, without the bubble, it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder to have these regional um, schedules set up because there still is some travel implemented. Obviously, the MLB is more players than, you know, the NBA, so that makes it more difficult as well. But I think that, um, you know, if they could do some kind of um, bubbles set up where it's by divisions, and I kind of threw that out there a little bit with NFL when we were talking before the podcast. Um, I know it still might be difficult, but, and we don't have all the information about what the MLB has talked about in and plans, and, and you know maybe if they explore these options and then they decided that they weren't realistic, I don't know, but it seems pretty clear that they're having a very hard time um, when it's not a bubble, and we'll see in future weeks um, what the NFL decides to do about their plans.
1: Yeah, uh, we, we, like, like you kind of said, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, but... Uh, the, you can't blame everything on Manfred, and I, I said this, but I, I feel like there's a good amount to be blamed on the MLB collectively um, just not handling this perfectly. Now, saying that, like, like I just said, you can't blame everything. I mean, you can't control players going out unless you're in a bubble. You just can't. It's not Manfred's fault. It's not the MLB's fault. Um, you know, The players got to kind of buy into the, these protocols if they want to play and they want to be there. Um, so I, I think there's a lot to look at. Uh, more than just saying, oh, well, Manfred has to control the players. Well, I mean, Manfred essentially can't control the players. They're not in a bubble. Uh, Ben, some of your thoughts before we move on uh, to college football.
2: Yeah, so MLB is in a tough spot because Manfred wanted a bubble. The players didn't want a bubble. And I understand the players not wanting a bubble. It's a little different from the NHL and the the NBA in the fact that the MLB would have to start their season and play in the bubble. The MLB and NHL are finishing their seasons in a bubble. So it's a little different. I get that. Plus, there's more players on an MLB team. Um, than an, M- an nba team for example but we're seeing all these positive tests and i think at least from what i have seen it seems like all these players the first week they were just happy to be back playing and i think a lot of them kind of forgot that there is this pandemic going on and th- it it's different you, you can't be playing the way that you've been playing your whole life because just the way we are where where are we are at in the world right now it's different um And I'll give you, like, an example. The Reds had three players from opening day. The next day, they they had scares. None of them were positive or anything, but they were sick, and they were out for three or four games. And now, all of a sudden, they're back, and you see them. They're wearing masks pretty much at all times unless they're batting. And I feel like more players need to have that kind of sense of urgency where this is is serious. I mean, you can't just be willy-nilly around the dugout. Like, I get it. it. You're playing baseball. It's fun. But there's ways to be fun and still be socially responsible about this. Um, and yeah, unless exactly. more players are, are having that sense of urgency where it really is a matter of the season's going to get canceled or not, it, it's not going to get better. And I, I really do hope because, I mean, I will speak, I will say that, going to a limb here and say that I'm probably the biggest baseball fan on this podcast right now. Um, but
1: Not a limb, you're right. <laughs> that,
2: that's definitely not a limb. Um, but I'm sure all of us, the season has started now, we don't want to see it end. I mean, I don't want to just see the season get canceled. It, like, it, that's not good for sports in general. You don't want to see a season just stop like that. Um, so we want to see this season continue, and unless these players have this kind of sense of urgency, like it really is a matter of this playing or not, this season being canceled or not, it's going to get canceled. So th- these players really have to take it upon themselves to be more responsible, whether they're in the dugout or whether they're at home. I get it, but I mean, it's it's part of their job. They, if, they're gonna, if they want to play, which they do want to play, they've gone out and said they want to play, then it's just things you have to do, and it's not easy, I get it, but it's just the world we're living in where you can't do everything the same way you've been doing it for years, because... That's just—I mean—that's just not gonna. It's not gonna work out if you do it that way.
1: Ben, you make fabulous points. I agree with almost everything you said there, pretty much. Um, you, you got to kind of check yourself and say, you know, what do we want here? Because you know, if this is the rate, if this is what we're gonna do, and this is the rate that's gonna go, if the season's gonna be canceled, I don't think the players want that. Definitely, fans don't want that. I don't think anyone wants that. Um, but let's move on to college football because there's been a lot of news, coronavirus-related news with college football. Um, on the note here, we got the ACC written down. The big ACC news to me. Is that Notre Dame is joining the ACC for this, you know, little 10 game season? Well, a majority of the big conferences look like they're going to play 10 game seasons. Um, We just saw the Pac-12. Big news out of the Pac-12 was that the players are not going to, they're literally going to all opt out if uh, they don't kind of tighten up their coronavirus, um, you know, uh, the concerns that they have for the coronavirus and tighten up the procedures they're going to do. So, Trevor, some of your thoughts on some of the college football uh, plans that have been enacted.
0: Yeah, so just to take the ACC's kind of model that they put in place, for example, um, a lot of the teams, they're just playing solely within conference, kind of as you mentioned. Notre Dame is joining that, which makes sense. Um, I think Notre Dame should probably join the conference uh, anyway, um, just in general. Not, but not probably.
1: They should definitely join the yeah, ACC. Yeah, but,
0: that, but that's a different subject. That's not really that important for this discussion. I think that... Um, even though like, they're within conference, I still think that there's going to be a lot of um, hurdles and a lot of adversity here to deal with, as we're seeing with the MLB now. Um, we're seeing some positive cases, um, and, and if they're doing travel, they're not really doing a bubble. I know it's not as many teams, but it's still going to be very difficult, obviously, on football teams, college, professional, high school. There's a lot of people involved in general, obviously a lot of people on the roster, a lot of equipment, um, staff, as Brandon, you have mentioned um, and and talked about. So it's really going to be tough. I really do not feel great about plans like this one. Uh, I mean, and we're seeing other conferences doing something very similar, but I just really do not have a good feeling about it. I think that, you know, when you travel to all of these different schools, I think there's a lot of concerns, obviously. They can you know, If they're strict on these policies and they adhere to the guidelines um, completely, then maybe it'll work. But again, a maybe isn't good enough in this type of circumstance. So I don't feel great about it.
1: I, I think here's the big thing for me is about what do you do with these student-athletes? They're called student-athletes. okay? So do you take them away for the rest of the student population and basically put them in their own little bubble on campus? Because you can't keep them with other students. Because the other, you can't control what the other students do. The other students can go out and do whatever, yeah. and you can't control them. You can control your own players, you know, if you're a coach or the player's director, whatever it is. You can control, you know, you would be like, look, you guys really cannot go out or we cannot play football. Um, but I, I don't know how you handle this as student-athletes. You know, they have to have classes all online. They cannot come in contact with people at all. It endangers so many different things, and the spread at these colleges is going to be insane. I mean, kids are going out to bars... Um, they're going out to restaurants. They they don't care quite as much. So I think handling this is going to be extremely difficult. And if if I was a betting man, which I am not, I'd like to say I'm not. But if I was a betting man, I, I think it's going to be almost impossible. And I'd say there's probably no way that we will see college football this coming year because I think with the you know professional sports, these are paid people, so you can pay them. I mean, you're paying them. So they you know if you put them in a bubble or you quarantine them, that's a little bit of a different story. You you can't really do that with student athletes. It's it's almost impossible. I mean. can are you going to allow them to go home for uh, the holiday time, for Christmas? Are you going to allow them uh, to go home at all? Yeah, I think it's 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 going to be almost impossible to put on, and I, I find a really hard time believing that any of this will happen. The only really interesting thing from this is that Notre Dame did agree to join the ACC. I find that very interesting, and as we've talked about on this podcast, Notre Dame 100% should join the ACC. They should not be allowed in a playoff if they don't join a conference, in my opinion. But that's another conversation from another day. Ben,
2: uh, last thoughts on college football, some of the plans that these uh, these conferences have come forward with. Okay, well, first I'm gonna go out and say I don't. I don't think Notre Dame should absolutely 100% be joining the ACC for football. I get the tradition aspect. I get it. Um, I'm not saying they shouldn't join, but I'm not saying this is like a stupid. This is stupid for them that they're not in a conference. But I will say I agree. Yeah. I agree with everything you said, Brandon. Where I had the same thought as you is they're student athletes. If colleges are gonna be online, I don't even know how these. Like, how can you monitor these kids, especially if 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 colleges are gonna have students on campus, which. As of right now, I think that's still the plan. I'm not really sure. For most schools, it, it is that's, most that's, colleges. It's that's the, the plan. I don't know. Like, think about how many people you interact with just throughout the day in, in like on a college campus. And I get campuses will be a little different this year, but I don't know how you you can't. There's no way to to successfully monitor these these athletes, um, just because I mean, like you said, they're not being paid, so they're amateurs. So you can't like basically tell them what to do. I mean, you can to an extent, but And because they're kids, I mean, they're 18, 19, 20, 20 20-year-old kids. Exactly. I mean, it's just it's logistically it's such a nightmare. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen, which is a disaster because I mean, all three of us love college athletics. As obviously we all worked in college athletics, Um, but Mm -hmm. it's it's a disaster and it's so upsetting because I so badly want every college sport because i love college athletics but logistically it just i don't know how it's going to happen i they came out with these plans and as of right now this is probably the best they can do is come up with these conference only plans but as we get closer to the season i will be surprised if things don't change because like we've seen since march things are constantly changing it's constantly a fluid situation um and things are going to change and it's not what they have in place right now is not going to be what's in place in the next couple weeks i can promise you that
1: Look, I, I hope it comes to fruition. I hope there's college football. I, I mean, I just adore college athletics. Just like you said, I know Trevor's in the exact same boat. Um, we want to see, you know, the basketball, the football, and uh, all the other amazing sports that colleges offer. Um, but it's going to be tough to do. So, finally, we're going to go to our last coronavirus discussions for the day, the NFL. So, there's uh, been some talks about, you know, different bubbles, different things to do with the NFL uh, Trevor, you had an, uh, uh, an interesting idea, to say the least, before the pod. I don't know how much you want to go into your idea, uh, but I will start off with you in a second. But uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what the NFL comes up with. And I talked about this uh, with Ben before the pod, um, about how it's going to kind of reflect on baseball, I think, a little bit. Uh, whether baseball did a really bad job or just kind of played with the cards they were dealt with and tried their best. You know, if the NFL can kind of figure it out, it's gonna make look, it's going to make baseball look pretty bad Uh, because they didn't do quite as good of a job, at least so far. You know, maybe they tighten it up. Um, I I find it a little unlikely. You know, you kind of have to have a bubble without that. It's going to be very hard to maintain players uh, doing the right thing, um, even with professional players. So, Trevor, let's start off with you. Um, Do do you have an idea or do you just want to speak on some of the NFL ideas?
0: Yeah, I just so I haven't I haven't fully formulated, you know, kind of any plan that I'm so I'm not going to really talk about like we, we were kind of just like throwing out different things when we were talking about this before. But really, I think the main point is that, again, bubbles have proven to be very successful. And I think that. Um, there are certain ways the NFL, where the NFL might be able to do that as long as um, it's agreed upon. Again, I think in college sports, it's a lot more difficult to say, hey, you as a amateur athlete, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old athlete who doesn't get paid for any of this, you have to stay in this one location in quarantine. That seems very um just unrealistic and doesn't seem right in any sense. Uh, However, I think in professional sports, when you have professional athletes that are, they're getting paid to do this job, they have um, contracts that they are, um, that they have signed and and things of that nature. I think that it makes it more realistic that you can say, do something like with NBA dead and say, Hey, you know, we're going to have this bubble, maybe multiple bubbles where we can play out the season. It might be a shortened season. Um, It might not be completely fair. So what I was kind of thinking is you could do something where potentially you put you have eight different bubbles, so one for every division. And you basically have different regional state stadiums, so you would make it to where, you know, no particular team has maybe the most amount of travel. Obviously, there are some conferences where teams are very far apart, but you could have some sort of like a meet-in-the-middle kind of, um, you know, stadium environment where you have all of these teams come together, and then they play the season out only playing each other in the division. Now, I know... Um, as Brandon kind of mentioned, a lot of other people would probably come back in that and say, "Well, hey, how is that fair? You're only playing teams in your division," um, yeah, and obviously that seems like an issue, and I agree with that. I was just saying that I think um, I think Bubbles, with how they have been proven to be successful, I need I think we need to try to figure out some kind of plan that involves Bubbles in some sense. That's all I'm saying. I think we need a plan that involves bubbles because i think that will be um the safest way to do things if we are going to have a season
1: carried out this fall obviously so he, there's a lot of i think issues with bubbles in the bigger like the the mlb and the nfl i think would have an incredibly hard time doing a bubble there are so many players on a team the nfl approved 80 players on the team plus training staff equipment staff coaches i mean there's going to be over 150 people in total that's 150 people for 32 teams in a bubble. I mean, it it, it would have to be an enormous place to do that. And additionally, you can't just have one field. It's not like basketball where you can just go somewhere like a big, huge ballroom and set up four or five basketball courts. The football fields, you can't just build a football field somewhere, an NFL you know, regulation-sized field with all the equipment they need there. You, you have to be somewhere where it has those facilities. And I think baseball is a little bit similar. Baseball is, I think, slightly different in the fact where like There's places like, I I just know, one, this isn't an MLB size, but Cooperstown has a lot of fields. I'm sure there's places in Arizona and Florida where they do minor leagues where there's just a hundred fields in, you know, a a 50-mile radius or something. Um, The NFL, what I think they should do, and I got this idea from one of my good friends, shout out to Jake Adelson if he's listening. Um, He talked about how Ohio would actually be perfect for this. You take the whole AFC and you put them in Ohio, you've put them in hotels in Columbus, and you put kind of a bubble around Ohio. And let me explain this. There are four fields that they would play at in Ohio. you got the Brown Stadium, the Bengals Stadium, Ohio State, and Canton. And really, if you wanted to go farther, they could play at Akron. Akron has a pretty good-sized field. They could play at Cincinnati. Um, So they have other places they could play. You basically put the whole AFC there, and you set up a. A certain amount of game schedule where they stay in Ohio. They cannot leave Ohio. It's their bubble there They stay in their hotel room and they travel by bus to each Stadium when it is time to go play there So no one's gonna be traveling super duper far. Um, The longest will probably be two maybe three hour drives Um, And you guys can go all the way back to the hotel after so um, you basically can play and travel all in one day and you have little bubbles in two different states. Now I don't know where the NFC would play. Where the best place for them to be? But the AFC, the idea where they could be in Ohio and they have four stadiums. So each day, each Sunday, there would be two games at each stadium, um, and that would take up the 16 teams um, in each div- or each conference. They would play their conference and then they would have like a normal playoff of six teams, I believe, was the the idea. So it would basically just be staying in Ohio. So that was kind of the rough idea that I think could potentially work. Now again. A bubble with this many personnel from a team, whether it's players, coaches, training staff, whatever it is, is going to be incredibly difficult. Uh, You have to have more players on roster because if one of them gets COVID, they can't play. So you have to have a lot more players on roster. It's definitely a much more complex situation in the NFL. Uh, I'm interested to see how it plays out, I hope we get an NFL season. I know personally my fantasy football group has talked about uh, different things that happen if we don't have a season, because I feel like most likely we will not, but I hope we do. So uh, Ben, I'm gonna throw it to you. Thoughts on the plan that I just rolled out? Maybe a, a plan that you've thought of or seen yourself.
2: Yeah. So I'll say this quickly because this is becoming the longest small talk of all time. Um, but I actually, <laughs> Brandon, I do not, I do not hate your friend Jake's idea. Shout out to Jake because I actually do not think that's a terrible idea. Um, I I haven't like thought into into detail about any plan that the NFL should do because, um, frankly, that's not my job. And I'm um, uh, there's people that are getting paid paid a lot more than me to do that for me. So. Um, but obviously, I mean, I want the season to happen, but like I said with college football, logistically it's a nightmare, and especially if you're not going to have a bubble similar to the MLB. Um, the, well, the NFL has twice as big as rosters as MLB teams, and there's a bigger travel party in general with NFL teams than MLB teams. So you're going to get a decent amount of cases that are going to come back positive. So it's a matter of how they can handle and how they can kind of um, isolate those cases to whether they're, they're not going to affect the overall league as a whole in MLB. Um, there's been a couple of teams, but overall, I mean, the league's in jeopardy, but it, it could be worse for the MLB. So the NFL is in a situation where if you're not going to bubble, you have to um, basically be able to isolate these these instances and allow it to not impact the entire season as a whole. Plus, if, if, the, if the NFL is going to do a bubble where you're going to have 32 teams, and whether that's multiple bubbles or one bubble, I, I know nothing about finan- finances for the NFL. NFL. They have people for that, but I, I know they make a lot of money. But, the M- I mean, the NBA is putting in $150 million into their bubble. I can't imagine what kind of expenses the NFL would, yeah, would, would have be, to be. Yeah, it'd be so much more. there's so many more people that are involved in NFL teams. Um, plus, you have more teams in general. Plus, like I said, with uh, with baseball, you're starting your season. It's not like you're finishing it and doing a playoffs like the NHL and exactly. NBA. You're playing a season and then playoffs. So, I can't imagine what the what that cost would be. It would be such a high, high amount of money. Um, I... Like I said with college football, I'm—I don't know if it's going to happen. I—I I really am hesitant that, um, or I guess I should say, I'm doubtful that it's going to happen. I, I pray to God that it does, just because I, I, first of all, I want to play fantasy football. I got second last year in my league, and I'm trying to win this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but who—who—who uh, who, who helped you get second? You, you get, shout out to your co-co-manager. Uh, last time I checked, the, the name on the team is—is is my name and nobody else's name. So I'm pretty sure <laughs> oh, that. Was, okay. I'm pretty sure I am. The, I am The coach, the owner, the GM. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm—I'm I'm the whole. I remember office, that, Ben. So. I'll remember that. Um, but it, to conclude, that. basically what I'm saying is I, I don't, I'm hesitant. I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, I, I think the NFL has the ability to come up with a pretty decent plan just because they have some pretty smart people uh, up top um, that work for the NFL. They have, they have a pretty good front office in general. Um, but I, I don't know if it's going to happen. I, it's all uncertain. I mean, we don't, it's all fluid. Like I said, we don't know what's going to happen. But I'm very intrigued to see what, what their plans are going to be moving forward.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like Ben said, this has been probably the longest small talk of all time. We're reaching half an hour here, uh, which that's that's a long small talk. Um, so let's let's get into small talk trivia. Um, Trevor, the score is, I believe, 30 to 29. I am up by one point. So um, I will go first with the question today, if that is okay. <clears throat> um, here's my question. It's a little bit of a complex one. So um, it's going to be an NBA records question. I feel like I do a lot of these, but you know what? That's okay. So. I'm offering you two points today. I am wondering, what team, so you you just got to give me the team, you don't have to give me the number, has the highest fuel goal percentage in a single season of all time. So what team? And then for a second point, if you can give me a year, I will also give you a second point. So I said beforehand, this is going to be a very tough question. You have a one in 30 shot at getting at least one point today because all you got to give me is a team. And it's a team that had the highest fuel goal percentage in a single season of all time.
0: All right, so the answer is a team, an NBA team, who Mm -hmm. has the highest field goal percentage of all time in a regular season. And you said, I can get a bonus point if I get the year and the team, so I could get two points if I get both. All right. Yes. So this question um, seems very difficult, but if I just think about what I know in teams that have been very efficient, obviously... I think it would be a good thing to look at seasons and years in NBA history where there are, where there's like high scoring. So I'm immediately kind of, and again, this might not be true, but I think like if I'm just playing the odds, it's better to roll out like a lot of the 2000s because the average scoring of games was in like the high 90s or mid 90s versus now where it's in the, like, one tenth, So I know that's also a result of pace mm-hmm. partially, too. Um, but I think, I would guess, that it also might have something to do with field goal percentage. Um, and, and I just think in general, as we have advanced, I think the field goal percentage overall has gotten better for the most part. Um, so this could be recent for sure. It could definitely be... Maybe like one of the Golden State Warriors teams of the past four years—that's a possibility. I think it could even be maybe like a Spurs team of like the earlier 2010s. Obviously, they have a lot of really good. They had a lot of good teams where they were winning 60 plus games. So those teams come to mind. Um, the Suns had a very high powered offense in the 2000s, but again. Um, it was a more of a defense heavy league, and the pace wasn't as fast. So I don't know if the Suns teams would have had it. That's just looking recently, recency. If I look um, in some of the older years, the 80s also was a like a generation where we had a lot of high scoring. So the Lakers, Celtics teams of those areas also could be possible. Um, again, this is going to be very difficult because it's only single season. So I think in general, it's very good. It's smart to think about teams who consistently have been very good teams throughout their franchise history. So the Lakers, Celtics, and Spurs immediately come to mind for what I'm thinking about in terms of that. And the Warriors, I could throw in there Mm -hmm. as well, based on... If it's the Warriors, it's going to be one of the past couple years. It's not going to be... Any of those other mm-hmm. Warrior teams. Have so we got say, a guess
1: coming here? Or are we just going <laughs> to yes. say every team in the NBA?
0: I'm not saying every team in the NBA. It's, it's got to be either the Lakers, the Celtics, the Spurs, maybe even the Warriors. So I'm, I'm narrowing it down to those teams. I don't think it can be anyone else. I mean, the Bulls, sure, I, yeah, I guess. But you know what? I'm going to go with I'm, – I'm just going to go with a guess here, and I think it's based on their franchise history mainly that they've been very good – and I'm going to say the Lakers. And All right. Do you have a guess at the year? Um, The year, I will go 1986. I know they won over 60 games that year, so I'll go 1986. It's pretty random, but they were good that year.
1: All right, Trevor. A couple things. Every time we play this stupid game, okay, you talk through your answer so methodically and it's so well thought out and it's amazing you always come to like a really good conclusion so you got the lakers correct so that is one point the lakers were they actually have the top three highest field goal percentages um and you guessed 1986 however the right answer was not 1986 it was 1984 1985 so you were literally (laughs) one season off wow okay and that is incredibly impressive um I, however, cannot give you that second point, but you do get one point, and it, it, there's a there's an asterisk next to that point because it was incredibly impressive. Okay. Um, you know, a good asterisk, I should say. Uh, so I'm very impressed by that answer. Uh, good job. You have tied it up 30 to 30. All right. Well, Trevor, ha- your question when you are ready. Very
0: happy with that result. Um, my question also has to do with uh, the NBA. Obviously, we saw TJ <laughs> Warren yesterday. He put up 53 points for the Indiana Pacers. Um, so my question is... Who is the um it is an active player who is the um an active NBA player with the most 50 point games of all time. So so like of the answer has to be an active player and of the active players who is the active player with the most 50 point games.
1: So who is currently active that has the most 50 point games? Yes. Um, I, luckily, I think I know this answer, so I'm not going to go as methodically as you are. Um, as much as I'd like to say it's LeBron James, I don't believe it is. I actually believe it is another one of my favorite players. Um, I've recently seen this stat, so thank you to Twitter for this. I believe it is James Harden, and if I'm correct, I think he has... Can I get an extra point if I get the number right? Because I think I know the number.
0: No, no.
1: Okay, well, for just for <laughs> no. fun,
0: I'll say it's 22 times okay so um yes that definitely helped you that you saw it because the answer is james Harden. um i thought so uh the number is 23 so you were incredibly close oh, as my. well there would you
1: have given me an extra point if i got it right mm, probably not <laughs> oh, okay probably you know
0: not what? hey because hey, it, I'll, if I'll you saw it, it if I'll you saw it. it then you got pretty fortunate um to be helped out to that but nevertheless you got it right um good job Obviously James Harden has a lot of high scoring games in his history of being yes. in the
1: league. I I think I'm pretty sure LeBron has 12. That's correct. If I remember correctly. Yes, he he has 12. Yes. Is he second? I think he is second.
0: Of active players, yes.
1: Yes. 7th okay.
0: all uh-huh. time and, well, I, I knew that one yeah. pretty
1: well. Hey, that was a good that was a good small talk trivia today. That was a
2: very good one cuz you you came Ben, did you have any guess at both of those? Mine, I I would think there's no way you would have gotten. actually, Brandon. Yours, I was I was my thought process for yours was it's got to be a team with Kareem on it just because he scores at a ridiculous efficiency. So I I was yeah, I in my in my mind I was like I don't know like 82 Lakers, um, so I, I would have got the Lakers part right, but the year no way. Uh, Tre- so I think
1: I'm about to pull the tab back up. Keep on talking. Magic right. was very 82 efficient Lakers as well. Were second. Okay.
2: but Trevor's question to you, I mean, the first thing that came to mind was Wilt Chamberlain, but obviously he's not active. Uh, active players, I would have, I would have never guessed James Harden. It makes sense. I just, I, I wouldn't have thought of it. It wouldn't have crossed my mind. So, honestly, you guys both super impressive. Uh, trivia time this this week. I am very impressed with you guys. Your knowledge is through the roof because I uh, <laughs> would not have been as impressive as you guys as normally Appreciate I would not have uh, been as impressive as you guys. So, good job.
1: You know, Ben, you sometimes go in your bag a little bit with some of these trivia questions, and you know them. So, I don't think you give yourself enough credit. But let's go into a topic that I believe I know pretty well. And Ben. Trevor, I, I think at least uh, maybe not Trevor, but I know Ben knows this this topic pretty well. Would you say Ben? Um,
2: yeah, oh. I would say I know it pretty well. <laughs> so if I mean, randomly ranked it not, not like I wouldn't say of, more than average, but I feel like the average person, yeah. I I know this topic more than the average <laughs> person, and Ben, you
1: know what? I would throw you in that category right, too, fine. despite Fair what enough. you Fair think. <laughs> Um, So today for Randomly Ranked, of course, Randomly Ranked is a segment where we take a completely random topic and we rank it. It's very self-explanatory. Today's Randomly Ranked is going to be a fun one. Like I said, it's one that I believe I'm very knowledgeable on, and I guarantee I have better answers than these two schmucks. Um, But it is chicken nuggets, fast food chicken nuggets. Who has the best fast food chicken nuggets? Um, So, you know what, Ben? I'm going to go to you first today for Randomly Ranked. Who has the best fast food nuggets? Yeah, all right,
2: and... I, I feel like I might upset some people, but um, honestly, I feel like my takes are not that hot. I feel like they're pretty solid takes. Um, I have an honorable mention. Honorable mention is Cookout, and honestly, their, their uh, nugs aren't even that great. It's just Cookout as a whole is the greatest place on this planet. If you've, if you've never been to Cookout, I highly recommend in driving somewhere south of Ohio to, to uh, get some because it is totally worth it, and it's super cheap. You can get a lot of food for uh, very cheap, which sounds like Brandon's type of place, honestly. Um, it sounds like it. it they're, they're nugs or whatever, but just as a, as a whole, Cookout's amazing. So I had to throw their nugs in there just because I love Cookout. Uh, my number three is McDonald's. Now, McDonald's has good chicken nuggets. Oh they're not great, but I'm never not in the mood for McDonald's chicken nuggets. They're always good. I've never had them where I'm like, like these aren't good. Like, they're always solid. So they're just as a whole, they're, they're, very, they're very good. Um, nothing special, but they're good. If, if they were a baseball player, they'd be a solid like, two- or three-hitter. Like, you know what you're going to get out of them. Not a four-hitter by any means, um, but, but they're good. My number two is Chick-fil-A. Now, I love Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is the greatest thing that's ever been created on this planet. It's amazing. Um, But they do not have the best nuggets. Their nuggets are good. But like I said before the podcast, if I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A, I think I'd rather have a chicken sandwich from there anyway. Their nugs are good. I love their nugs. Um, But if if it's not my go-to at that restaurant, I feel like I can't put them at my number one, which means it's my number one, which is Wendy's. Wendy's chicken nuggets are amazing. And people might not agree with me, but I've actually, believe it or not, I've heard a decent amount of people agree with me on this take that they're better than McDonald's chicken nuggets. I know some people on this po- podcast, <coughs> Brandon, might not agree with me. Um, but I, I do think Wendy's mm-hmm. has the best chicken nuggets as a whole because I don't know how to explain it, but, I, like, I don't need any sauce with them. They're just really good. I don't – I don't like, McDonald's, I prefer to have, like, honey mustard or something with them. But Wendy's, I don't like – they're perfectly amazing without them. I don't need sauce. So as a whole, I, I just feel like Wendy's probably has the best to me. That's my opinion. Brandon, don't get too mad at me, but that's just how I feel.
1: You know, Ben – Hey, Trevor, I'm going to go next because I, I want to answer to Ben. I am very happy with your list. Okay. I, I actually do not have a lot of complaints. I thought you were going to go in slightly different directions. So let, let me explain my three. Um, they're, they're, I don't think I have any wild takes either, but uh, let's hear it. Number three, I have Wendy's, but it, I have an asterisk next to Wendy's. I like their spicy nuggets. I don't really like spicy food, um, but their spicy nuggets are good. I think their regular nuggets are pretty average, but their spicy nuggets I think are very good. Um, I enjoy them quite a lot number two i have mcdonald's mcdonald's here's the thing number three is in a tier and then number two and one are in their own tier one definitely has some distance between two but mcdonald's at two their nuggets are so good so good i i think i could eat them without sauce i definitely prefer them with sauce but uh, i i think that uh mcdonald's people overlook mcdonald's i think too much I really do believe that. McDonald's nuggets are, are top-tier, amazing fast-food nuggets, and I truly believe that. Number one, though, this is a nugget I don't even need sauce for. However, they have amazing sauces. I think it's perfectly crisp. The way they make their nuggets is great. Uh, don't love the restaurant franchise as a whole. However, their nuggets are hard to pass up. Um, it's Chick-fil-A's nuggets. I, I truly believe there's not a better nugget out there at the moment, uh, at least that I've tried. I haven't tried Cookout. Although you say their Nuggets aren't even that great, and you put them on your Nuggets list, which is questionable. Uh, As an honorable mention, it's very questionable. Um, I've never had Cookout. I've heard great things. Uh, Big shout out to one of my other friends, Aaron Friedman, uh, who loves Cookout. I've seen him talk about it many times on Twitter. Um, So uh, I haven't had Cookout, but yeah, Chick-fil-A takes the number one. I I don't really even think it's that close Um, uh, with Chick-fil-A at one. They're just the superior Nugget. Trevor, you're up next. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen here on your list, but let's hear it.
0: Okay, so I am, I'm I'm pretty I'm a little appalled here now. Oh wow! I I I talk a lot of crap about McDonald's. Um, it's not it's not a fast food place that I like at all. Um, it's just it's the best fast food place. Just Eh. like the quality of food, it doesn't it's so here's the thing, it's not that it necessarily tastes bad because like the the nuggets as I'll get into the nuggets at McDonald's don't necessarily taste horrible. They taste okay. They're all right, but when I look at the McDonald's nuggets and I take a bite of it and I see this weird kind of like um, combination of what's supposed to be chicken. I, I don't know what it actually is. I have no idea. The skin of it is very mm-hmm. strange. Um, it it really just um, it, it's it's a sad excuse for a chicken nugget. To be to be frank, I think oh, that I think just physically hurt. I each think ever. that the chicken nuggets from like a kid cuisine. Um, Package that you can get from a grocery store um, are probably almost as good as McDonald's chicken nuggets. Um, But anyway, bad
1: take. That's a
0: bad take. That's that's my little uh, thing on McDonald's. Not a fan. Number three,
1: garbage take.
0: Number three, I am going with Rally's nuggets. Now, I actually don't. I actually don't like get nuggets a lot because I don't eat at fast food places a lot necessarily, but I do. I have had rallies nuggets a few times in BG, given that it's very close to the apartment that I lived in. And I think their nuggets are very good. I I think they're solid. I think they're again, they're not like something amazing, but they're definitely better than McDonald's. It's not even close. They're better than McDonald's for sure. That's my number three. They're solid. They have a lot of good sauces at rallies as well. Um, Number two, I'm going with Chick-fil-A. Um Chick-fil-A's food tastes great, obviously. Um so yeah, Chick-fil-A's number 2, their nuggets. Number 1, I got to go with Wendy's. Specifically, their spicy chicken nuggets mm-hmm. are amazing. Um I don't necessarily go to Wendy's a lot either, but Wendy's chicken nuggets taste um just just awesome. Their nuggets are awesome. They have good sauces. So yeah, Wendy's I think has to be
1: number 1 for chicken nuggets. Trevor, the rallies take is a garbage one. The rallies nuggets, Ben Ben and I have been to rallies a couple times together. I think only once or twice, actually, um, in Bowling Green, the same one that you've been to. They have good sauce. I will give that to you. They have good sauce. Their nuggets are buns. Their nuggets are bad. They're not good nuggets. I'm appalled that you compared... Uh, even had them in the same discussion as a McDonald's nugget. Ben, can you back me up here? Okay,
2: I, I don't really remember Raleigh's nuggets, so I don't have a huge opinion on it, but I, I will go out on a limb here and say that I think McDonald's probably has better nuggets than Rallies.
1: I, I think, Ben, uh,
2: we went four years I ago. I remember going like freshman year, but I, I don't yeah, think I've been yeah, since. Exactly. Like, I don't remember anything about rallies. I will say Rallies was cheap. It was not a horrible
1: experience at all. I, I don't hate the experience. It's uh, just not better than McDonald's at all. Not better than McDonald's. All right, let's get into our main topic because I never thought we'd be doing randomly ranked at uh, 43 minutes of this podcast. Um, that's quite amazing. So let's just—we're gonna get into a couple NBA games that happened. N- nothing too crazy here. Uh, Trevor, start us off. We have Lakers Clippers that happened Thursday um, a couple days ago. Uh, what are your some of your thoughts on that game?
0: Yeah. So obviously this is the big game. Everyone's been talking about it, and we saw the Lakers get a victory over the Clippers in both of their first game back. Um, the Lakers won 103-101. We saw LeBron, who did not necessarily have a great game by any means. He shot pretty poorly, but he did have um, a very good defensive possession on Kawhi and Paul George to seal the victory. Also had um, uh, the, the bucket at the end as well. And you had Anthony Davis, who really played a phenomenal game. They went to him um, early and often, had a huge third quarter. Anthony Davis was phenomenal offensively, defensively, now Um, I think the big takeaway from this game, right, because obviously uh, the theme for all of these games are it's early. I don't think you can put necessarily a ton of stock into how they're playing. There's a lot of rust there, and we have seen that in a lot of these games. There's a lot of fatigue there, you know, stamina issues. Really, I would compare it to, um, obviously it's different than any other situation we've had before. We know that, but I think it's a little bit like like the premier week, like we would normally have in late October in the NBA season, in the sense that you know you're seeing some rust, you're seeing a lot of players. You know they're trying to get it back because, as as we know, you know these players have been off for about you know four or so months, similar to an off season that they would have had last year, going from June to October. You know a similar amount of time off, so it's almost like it's been an off season. Um, but the takeaway I do have is that the Clippers, even without Um, two of their best five players and Montrezl Harrell and, um, who am I missing? Oh, Lou Williams. I think they still looked very good and looked good again yesterday in their matchup against the Pelicans. And I think with their depth, they're really going to be dangerous, especially in an environment where we are seeing, um, you know, some stamina issues, players are trying to get back in shape and I expect them to be in more shape, um, as we get into September and October, but still with their depth, I think it does give them somewhat of an advantage there over some of these other teams. So I was really impressed, impressed by the Clippers. Um, and, and yeah, that's really my main takeaway from this game in particular.
1: Mhm. Uh, Charles, I'm going to throw the next game at you in a second here because we got to end the episode here soon. Uh, I just want to make one quick thought. Lakers shot 39% from the field, Clippers 43%. From three, they shot 30% the Lakers, and the Clippers shot 44.4%. Um, I think this shows... Again, there's Rust. They just started. It's the first game back. I I truly believe the Lakers are the better team, at least right now. Now, the Clippers do have some big players out, and the Lakers have uh, 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 Avery Bradley out, which is a big deal, too. Um, But a significantly better shooting day for the Clippers, and they still took the L, uh, which is very interesting. So, we also the game before that, Trevor, we had the Jazz and Pelicans. Give me some of your thoughts on this game, because this went right down to the wire, too. Yeah, so this game, and then
0: after this game, we will kind of give my general thoughts quickly because we have, you know, a lot of weeks to, to talk about the NBA for, so I'll just do some yes, of my thoughts exactly. quickly. But um, on this particular game, I was really impressed with Brandon Ingram, first of all. Brandon Ingram has consistently improved over, um, since he's come into the league, he's gotten a lot better, just at his ability to score in so many different ways. Um, obviously, he gets the Kevin Durant comparisons, but you know, in the way he can score, turnaround jumpers, fadeaways, get into the rim, uh, just so many creative ways that he has of scoring, and he showed them in this game. Now the Jazz still pulled this one out in a very close victory. The Pelicans should have won it, and as, as I mentioned, I was I was live tweeting this game. Zion should have played the last four minutes in this game, and I believe that if Zion would have played. In the last four minutes of this game, the Pelicans would have won it. It was a the game they needed to win. And now with the Pelicans starting off this restart 0-2, that's not a good look. for or Not a good start, obviously, for them and their playoff hopes. Now with the Jazz, the Jazz have some issues, I believe, for sure. They don't have Bogdanovich um, um, due to an injury. I believe, and he is not with the Jazz. Uh, Donovan Mitchell has struggled to some extent as well. So the Jazz not looking good. I don't think they're really a contender in any sense in this restart. So that's unfortunate. Um, but before I get into my last final thoughts, do, do you guys have any thoughts about, you know, some takeaways you've had with this game or even in any other of the games that you may have uh, seen parts of?
1: Ben, go ahead. We'll, we'll throw it back to Trevor after you go if you have any yeah, thoughts. Yeah,
2: so just quickly the Lakers-Clippers game. Yeah. Um, I wasn't too impressed with LeBron. He he looked good, like I mean it's LeBron, but he, he, he he's scoring wise he seemed like he struggled to score a little bit. He was passing the ball a lot. Um, and even the game that they played yesterday against the Raptors, I wasn't super impressed with him. He looks good. I mean it's LeBron, he's never gonna look terrible, but um, I, I do think he could play better. Um, I do think that as a whole the Clippers or the Lakers looked better than the Clippers. Now the Clippers, like you mentioned, didn't have two of their better players playing. Um, and Kawhi looked phenomenal. I mean he looked like Kawhi Leonard. Um, but I, I do think as, I'm not a Lakers fan, but as a LeBron fan, I, I think if they played a seven-game series a couple months down the line, I think that I'd be pretty confident that the Lakers would win that, that series. Um, yeah. The only thing I have to say about the Jazz Pelicans, I agree with Trevor. I, I saw that Zion didn't really play at the end. I don't really know why. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what was going through the, the head of whatever. I forget. The, Alvin Gentry. Yeah. That's his name. I don't know what was going through his head. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. But the one thing I do have to say about this game, as I'm looking at the box score... Um, Jordan Clarkson had 23 points. Now, Trevor, you might know more yeah, than me. You did. might know more than me. But there's no way that this is the same Jordan Clarkson that was on the Cavs these past couple of years <laughs> because that man is incapable of scoring 23 points in an NBA game. So please, Trevor, please tell me that like, there's a clone or it's some other Jordan Clarkson because there's I, no way that is the same I will man. say,
1: Ben, he went one for eight from three, and he was minus 15 uh, in the plus or minus. So... He did score 23 points, uh, but 6-1-1 free throws, and he went 8-for-17 from the field, which isn't, that's not, not bad, terrible. that's actually pretty good. He played good. a lot, too, he uh, played a lot. But, yeah, he played 32 minutes, he, he played a good amount of time, um, but I, I will say, uh, I think it's impressive just off, like, the bare looks of it, but if you really dive into the stats, I don't think it's quite as impressive, because Jordan Clarkson sucks, <laughs> He's terrible. That dude is trash. <laughs> oh, trash. All right, Trevor, final thoughts before we de- end the episode, because we're going really long here. Yeah, so Zion was on, like,
0: a set minutes restriction. He played 15 minutes in this game, and that's what the doctors um, advised that Gentry did, and so he's he just adhered to that. That's all it really was. I disagreed with it personally, but you could also have some counterpoints, and hey, like, you know, we're saving him for the future, even though, like... The season's almost over, but nevertheless, I, mean, they're I guess the play- they're
2: like they're not even in the playoffs at this point. They got yeah, win. I know.
0: I, I guess they're worried about like you know really bad injuries that could potentially yeah, hinder them for guess. seasons in the future. So I guess I didn't agree with it personally, but uh, nevertheless, um, some other things that I just uh, wanted to take away. Obviously, you had the Bucks and Celtics games and Giannis. Looks just like Giannis normally looks. He looks like there was no rust there with Giannis. Um, we also had some games on Saturday. And it was interesting to see like how the teams that had played, and we'll see how, um, some of the games today, what happens. But the teams that played on Thursday, really with the exception of the Clippers, all had some issues um, with, it seemed like, fatigue. It seemed like the two days of rest, at least um, from some of the early things we got yesterday had an effect because all three teams, well, even the the Clippers um, in total field goal percentage, all their total field goal percentage went down from what they shot Thursday, I believe, to what happened on Saturday. So the Pelicans in particular really Mm -hmm. looked tired a lot against the Clippers, which was interesting. You saw the Lakers, they shot worse um, against the Raptors, I believe, than they did against the Clippers. So really just seeing that, and the Jazz as well, really played badly against the Thunder. They were down by over uh, 20 points at certain points. So I think that's really something I'm going to keep an eye on, this kind of, like, fatigue, you know, getting two days off, which is going to be the trend, you know. Obviously, there's only, like, 16 or 17 days in this regular season. So it's pretty much, you know, you're playing, like, um, every other day almost. But I think in addition, you know, it's really – I think it's interesting to see the 76ers and their issues. They have continued. We saw a little confrontation between Joel Embiid and Shake Milton um, after you know a few stretches of plays. I believe the Pacers at one point were on like a, a big run in that game, and they the Sixers did end up losing. So uh, some some problems that we're still seeing with the Sixers. It'll be um, you know interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, to see how they do. Obviously, very talented team, but n- hasn't necessarily lived up to their expectations.
1: Right, right. All right, well, I, I think we'll probably end the episode here. Uh, we have plenty of time to talk about the NBA um, and in the upcoming weeks, which will be great to talk about. I know we're all excited to have live sports, um, which will be great. Um, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. We really, really appreciate it. Um, go follow us on Twitter, the link will be in the description, it's at Baller, And of course, follow us on our Twitch account, we will be live tomorrow around 8, maybe 8.30, uh, talking a little bit of soccer on Josh's Soccer Show. Um, but uh, yeah, that's in the bio to twitch.tv backslash Uh And of course, the third link, uh, as always, will be the link to support the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, which we all believe is really, really important. So go at least try to educate yourself if you don't want to donate. Um, sign some petitions while you're there, that would all be awesome. Um, But yeah, all links are in the description. And with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.
0: Go Falcons!